Katie, and this week in the Rose Garden, we are talking about the goods and the bads of playing D&D as women. Women! (laughs) Uh, Today's episode is a little like loosey-goosey. I've got some, we've got some anchor points, we've got some thoughts, but we're not like holding ourselves to a set in stone structure. Uh, but feel, did you I feel like you were slowing that down and drawing it out for fun because you were like, is this the sentence I want to say? <laughs> and also, I kind of like this voice. Yeah, you tend to use that voice when you're you're having a good time. <laughs> um, but first, but first, we need to roll with it. Um, so I'm pulling up. Roll with it. Uh, I want to hear like a little like guitar riff that just like goes. Okay, so we are rolling with it for our uh, current column. Yes. Column of current currents. column. Okay. Okay. Rolling. Here I go. Cue dice sound. Oh, uh, it's nine. Nine. All right. Nine. Okay. Nine. <laughs> All right, TJ, you got me. Uh, <laughs> what small inconvenience really buttered your biscuit oh, recently? God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Usually the phrase buttered your biscuit is a good thing. So well, is he trying to use it in the opposite context here? I think so, yeah. Okay, so like dried your biscuit <laughs> dehydrated your biscuit really uh took the wind out of your sails yeah gave you sock mouth or something Ew. <laughs> <laughs> sock mouth all right what inconvenience <laughs> what inconvenienced you what inconvenience recently what's dehydrated your biscuit Really Ooh. took the moisture out of your breaded goods. I'm gonna need to think for a second. Okay. Um. What small inconvenience? Oh, I know. I have a really good one that happened literally today. Uh. Okay. So today is the day of the creator clash, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a week ago, Sunday, Easter Sunday. Uh, we were driving home from visiting Sam's family for Easter, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like a two-hour drive, and I got a bug, and the bug was, you should order the t-shirt that Critical Role is sent, uh, selling for Marisha Ray and her fight at the Creator Clash. Ah, so and you, I like said an, like an ear bug. Uh-huh. I thought you were saying like <coughs> no, no, no. Okay, no. Uh, and I said, oh, uh, okay. And so I get on my phone and I find the uh, T-shirt that says "Pop Pop" for Marisha, <laughs> uh, and it like donates some to their Critical Role Foundation. Yeah. And I ordered it, and I was like, it's Sunday. The Creator Clash isn't until Saturday. It'll make it. Mm-mm. And no, here's the thing. <laughs> it's being delivered today. <laughs> but you like hope. at 3.30. You hope. 
Um, it, it said it was out for delivery okay, as of okay. six ten today. When that phrase comes up, I'm convinced. So that, uh, that's but fair. <laughs> I am here. Yeah. And people are coming over at three thirty for the creator clash. Uh, you can go home and come back. I literally told Sam, I was like, "There's a fat chance that <laughs> I will be running home to grab a T-shirt before the creator clash you starts." Know, you know, whatever actually butters your biscuit, just go for it. And I like stalled being at home for as long as I could, like looking out Hoping. the window for the mail truck, like, like just, just like, like seeing if I could just shirt, intercept shirt. the mail truck on my way out. Hey, hey, you! Uh, it did not happen. And there was a part of me that was like, God damn it. So it kind of, you know. Buttered my biscuit. Dehydrated. Uh, buttered my biscuit, but like with car grease. Yeah. Lard. Like just straight lard. <laughs> anyway, what Ew. buttered your biscuit? Um, let's see. I'm gonna actually do what I do in therapy and like look at my notebook from this last week. Oh, what did I do? Because it'll help. Jog my noggin. Jog that noggin. <laughs> Jog that nog. <laughs> Ew. I, I feel a new segment coming up. Jog that nog. <laughs> Where we just try to recall things that happened from the past week. Hey, you know what? That's really tough sometimes for me. <laughs> Immediately, like, when I, when I go into work, like, after the weekend, I'll mm-hmm. usually say to my coworkers, like, hey, how was your weekend? And, Mm -hmm. you know, they give me whatever spiel happened that Mm -hmm. weekend. And then they return the question. Mm -hmm. And what does my mind do? Blue screens? It goes blank. Yep. (laughs) Um, I always say, gosh, what did I do this weekend? Hmm. I'm going to probably have to think outside of this week. Did you have no small inconveniences? I'm sure I did, but see, here's the thing, is I, as Katie would say, listen. Listen. I I have them throughout the day, mm-hmm. um, and, and I tend to, as soon as I've, like, overcome it, I tend to, like, drop it from my brain. Sure. Which can, can be twofold, right? So, like... Here, this can be an inconvenience. Okay. Here, this is just not oh, fair, brain. Okay. Uh, she threw the notebook down. Um, um, here's an inconvenience. <laughs> um, yeah, my brain has a tendency to let go of things easily, mm. um, even if it was important. Mm-hmm. So let's say hmm, something, let's say like, an inconvenience comes up and yeah. like something is like very frustrating to deal with mm-hmm. and then um, get through that situation. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it's over, mm-hmm. um, like my brain lets go of it. And mm-hmm. so like in, on it's a little two folded, two sided, two sided here um, is like, great, cool. Like you can let things roll off your back. But on the other side, it's like, Mm-mm, I will probably forget that that happened and then get in the same then situation again. again. Yeah. So, like, thanks a lot, Brain. Okay. That works. Unless I'm playing a game or, like, an improv game or something, sometimes it's hard for me to, like, 
answer things on the spot without feeling stupid. <laughs> I don't think you're stupid. I don't think I'm stupid either, but sometimes I just, like, you feel it, you know. You mm-hmm. just It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stamp it on your forehead. <laughs> vibe. Uh, okay. Well, we've rolled with it, so let's get into it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're talking about playing D&D as women. We've got some anchor points to help kind of guide our conversation. Uh, and we're going to start with just like our very own experiences, uh, kind of stream of consciousness, how we've uh, felt being women playing D&D. We said there's no structure, but we have structure. <laughs> it's like very loose structure. Yeah, because we like we want to be sure that we like hit some key points, but we're not like offering you all like a list today. Mm-hmm. We're just um, we're kind of talking nebulously about this idea and we don't have any like quick tips or anything. We're just kind of yeah. having a we're just pulling each just other for a chat. Chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the structure, anytime I talk about structure with this podcast, it's more for my own brain because anytime we walk into this uh, beautiful closet and don't have like a beginning, middle and end, uh, it's hard for us to stay traverse. And then what I found in case you're ever trying to start a podcast, uh, (laughs) what I found is that then in editing, it's really hard to make it. Make sense in post because it's just kind of us like wandering around Mm -hmm. topics. Mm -hmm. So if we can do this, then it's way easier. Like even just having loose structure makes it easier in post to then be Mm -hmm. able to like. And it's easier to to communicate with TJ too about like, look, here's kind of where we went. And like (laughs) this part, we rambled. Please, please get rid of it. You know, like do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so in this part, Katie said a naughty word, so make sure uh-oh. that's loud and clear. Um, <laughs> yeah, really pump up the volume there. Uh, okay, so our experiences. Mm-hmm. We briefly conversed before this when talking about anchor points and stuff like that for our structure, and we both said, like, largely, I mean, give and take a few experiences. Um, we have positive experiences. I think we've mm-hmm. said that before yeah. in some of our episodes. So um, we are kind of coming at this from, I mean, we can't come at it any other way, but from our own experiences and then speaking on what we've heard other people say. Um, so I guess like, as far as I'm concerned, we, I have never not played at a table that was dominantly women. I believe. I think our group started a little bit even at the beginning, um, but then we just added more females. Uh, (laughs) So um, with that in mind, uh, it is has been continues to be, um, I don't know, welcoming as far as myself being also a woman. I don't think that there has, I can't think to a part where I ever felt like my uh, femininity was threatened or in jeopardy or made me stand out in a way that made me uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Yeah. Um, What do you think? Um, Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think um, the... 
think the only real like key difference for me is that I've, I've had a few more experiences being like a slightly uh, balanced like gender ratio. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, when I started playing with you all, um, yeah, it, it was dominantly female. And um, my my personal experience has been a range between like super duper positive and like I'm just unsure of myself and mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with like anyone else but um a lot of my personal sp- experience has also been like um what assumptions like I've made about the game before mm-hmm. I've even got into it and mm-hmm. then that sometimes will affect my experience mm-hmm. so it's not even that the people at the table are making me feel a certain way. Yeah. There are a lot of times I can get in my own head um, about how I should or shouldn't play, um, what questions are or aren't dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll see this as a, a recurring theme. Um, a lot of what holds me back, like in these situations, is like looking stupid mm-hmm. um, and a fear of looking stupid. And like mm-hmm. some of that I know in the community, we'll talk about it later. I know in the community, like can be a larger um, topic to discuss, but, or a, a larger feeling to, mm-hmm. to really navigate. Mm-hmm. But um, just like on a personal experience level, right. It's, it's usually me against me yeah. <laughs> when yeah. it comes to all the mind games and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know, we kind of danced around this, but like I don't think that there has been too much negatively for ourselves at our own tables, mm-hmm. um, but something to, I think that we both wanted to be mindful of within this episode is the fact that there are plenty of women in the larger TTRPG community that have not had that kind of experience, positive, mostly positive, you know, like that kind of a thing. Um, And so one of the things that we wanted to do is kind of highlight those negative experiences that we know exist Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and kind of use this platform as a way to talk through them and talk about, you know, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm a relatively empathetic person. So like being able to empathize with those situations and talk through them, even though we have not ourselves experienced them, mm-hmm. I think we can, we both have enough experiences as women in general to be able to yeah. commiserate with those situations yeah. that we know other people there have experienced. Are, yeah, we we have enough experience just um, existing as um, people who identify as women and like mm-hmm. a lot of those experiences literally don't leave the second you go to like fantasy land (laughs) and play like a a magical fun game um as much as we as we hope and we love um that this awesome game we get to play like can just be an equalizer for all of us like that's not everyone's experience and that's super unfortunate because um that's our that's i know that this is my hope and Katie, as we like to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I, I think that's our hope is that people can 
can find a table and find a place uh, to play a game like this and to be able to feel like everyone is just like equal on equal footing um, can be themselves and can just like enjoy playing of a pretend person for a while (laughs) right exactly so while we were talking about uh the like anchor points of what we wanted to discuss today about uh playing D &D and the the goods and bads for women at the table (laughs) is um we were like well why don't we hop on twitter why don't we check out some of these um experiences maybe they're good maybe they're bad in general just coming from other women at the table and um one of them I came across is uh, it's a tweet that also holds a screenshot. So I'm going to actually read the screenshot first. Mm-hmm. And part of what I'm struggling with right now is that I can hear myself echoing mm. right now. So I'm trying not to slow my speech like I did last time. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so this is a screenshot. Somebody else tweeting it. Um, I can't confirm that it's uh, someone who identifies as male, but I think that's what this person is getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, the tweet is hashtag Dungeons and Dragons. And it says my orcs are unable to reproduce with other orcs only through other humans and demi humans. Can they? So this is why they rape. They pillage because they. They do not know how to be productive. Why are orcs villains in your campaign? Okay. Well, first of all, I have personal thoughts on that in general, but okay. then um this person responded to the tweet and said, this kind of shit is why women feel unsafe in D&D. And this is why I'm incredibly cautious about playing with D&D. Oh, sorry, playing D&D with anyone I haven't researched ahead of time, specifically if they're male. I'm sick of of this and they're referring to rape. I'm sick of this being an acceptable mentality at our gaming tables. Hmm. Um, And that... That alone made me think. I might actually have to take that off. (laughs) It's becoming very, very distracting for me. Um, That alone made me think of a YouTube video that I watched um, uh, a while back. And I was trying to. I I can't remember if I was just idly watching some stuff about critical role or if I was watching it about like another D&D podcast or something like that um but there was this discussion of the acceptance or the um the refusal of like allowing something like rape into a, a D&D game and I think ultimately like what the what the consensus was of what I watched was like you need to know your party and so I think to the person who tweeted, I think the their comment is fair that they're like, unless I know this person, unless I've like maybe researched them, especially when you're getting into like guest spotting or like being a, a guest and coming to play in someone's game or like just offhandedly like joining a group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's completely fair that like unless you are familiar with the person and you've researched them, like I can completely understand why someone wouldn't want to play with someone who allows that kind of stuff at their table so that's just that's so tough to like talk about and like navigate in general it just gives me the ick well i mean in i an experience that i think neither of us have is playing at a table of strangers yeah that's that's fair (laughs) 
Um, another thing that I know can exist in some scenarios is like, I'm going to kind of synthesize this into a broader thing. Um, like the idea of women having to fulfill a certain type of role oh, at the yeah. table. Sure. Um, and we kind of talked about this before when we were deciding anchor points and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just like it, this is true in life and not just at the D&D table. Mm-hmm. But like there is not one correct way of being a woman at the table. Yeah. Um, just like there is not a one correct way of being a, a woman, woman IRL. in life. <laughs> um, so like if role playing is your jam, like sick, nasty bro. Um, but if you want to be a combat technician, Mm -hmm. like that's also cool and fine. Mm -hmm. If you want to do both of those things, that's also Mm -hmm. cool and fine. Mm -hmm. Um, the idea that you are supposed to fulfill a specific, you know, women aren't always clerics. Women don't always have to be druids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similarly. Or like just have to be elves. Right. Right. And then similarly, you don't have to defy that stereotype. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like if if you like playing clerics and druids and elves, cool, do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a buff paladin just to say like. Prove it. Yeah. 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 To prove prove anything to the party. And I think. Uh, earlier when we were talking about that, it's that, uh, that balance of, of your, you are allowed to simultaneously be soft if you want and like tough and badass. Like Mm -hmm. you can do both. You can choose one. Mm -hmm. I think the, the issue, what comes in the issue is, um, when, the people at our table or the people like in our D and D community, like make jokes about that or make us or anyone at the table, like feel less than like for, for choosing that path. Um, and that's, I think the thing to work on is like encouraging people, um, encouraging other players to, to be the character they want to be and allow them to be as, you know, be cool with them being as vanilla as they want or as Chaco rainbow road, raspberry moose tracks as they want. Like, um, there's room for that at the table. And, um, yeah, I think to, to plug a little bit more of that, like women experience is, I think when I initially started playing, I did put a bit of this expectation on myself that like, I had to prove something like I had to and it wasn't that anyone at the table did it. But again, it was this idea of like, I've never played D&D in my mind and my what I've learned about it so far. This is like typically a a dude's game. But like Mm. my one of my girlfriends like asked me Mm -hmm. to come hang out and play. So that already changed some of my perspective. And then. Yeah, I just, I, for whatever reason, I put this bit of a, well, I'm not just going to be like a cutie little, little cupcake. Mm. And I, I, that's what I like to do actually. (laughs) Like in real life, like I am, I am literally just trying to be a personified cupcake. (laughs) Uh, It's like hearing you talk about that. That is the feeling that I get when our friends want to play like deception games. Oh, sure. That is that is the feeling. I don't want to look stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm not good at lying and I'm not good at sleuthing out everybody else. Sure. So those games make me feel stupid as hell. Yeah. Um, OK. And 
it's I mean, there's a little bit of the uh, what it okay what it boils down <laughs> to is the like I've said this to Sam before also the argument that like yeah but they could be lying applies to every single thing ever yeah in those games like somebody's you know somebody says well i can't be the whatever because i'm this that and this and that Mm -hmm. and then they go yeah but they could be lying i'm like yeah everybody could be lying that's the point of this (laughs) game so like that's not a valid argument to me Mm -hmm. and i get very overwhelmed very quickly sure and i want nothing but to be not the person like not the target so every time we play one of those games, I just want to be, you know, an Avalon. I just want to be one of the good guys yeah. so that I don't, I'm not a target. I don't have to come up with some BS. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in the line no of spotlight, fire. please. Right. Yeah. Um, and I like I'll, the friends who like to play like game nights mm-hmm. like those games. Yeah. They're very good at those games. Yeah. They enjoy the improvisation and the like, um, strategy yeah like trying to figure it out and they're good at lying they're good at keeping (laughs) a poker face they're good at like not missing a beat and like um moving the attention from themselves to somebody else and so every time we get together every time there is always like a slew of subterfuge games that we play and i'm always just like please no please i no. would rather jump off a cliff than play these games right now can we play monopoly <laughs> like what happened to the other board games that exist can we not play those uh but yeah i just like it made me think like okay that is a i i don't think that is a uniquely female perspective i'm sure, sure a lot of people are like i don't want to look stupid <laughs> yeah um, yeah but <laughs> I think there is something to say about being in those kinds of game nights. Mm-hmm. This is nothing against any of our friends. Yeah. I, they're all great people. <laughs> yeah. None of them are jerks. Like, they're all, yes. you know, they're supportive and whatever. Yep. However, those game nights are usually a room full of dudes. This is true. And they're great dudes. Mm-hmm. However, I think there is something to be said about, like, being one of two females in the room oh yeah and, and then playing a game where all of these dudes know the are game. good yeah at the game actually yeah we could so yeah while we can't talk about it i see exactly where you're going now we can't talk about it from a D perspective but we can talk about group participatory games yeah that we are the only females mm-hmm. in attendance at. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we've been to a bunch of those. You and me exclusively. <laughs> we keep finding ourselves in those positions. This is, I think it was how, outside of me saying, please be a dance teacher oh. for me. Um, outside of that, I think that was, like, how we kept being like, hey, I like you. Yeah. I yeah. know you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, I, I feel like I have to say this again because I truly, like, we were not in an unsafe place. Like yeah. it was nobody was being a jerk. Nobody was calling us out for being big dumb girls. Like it like they were willing to help us figure out the games. Like I remember the first time we played Avalon mm-hmm. and like Christian is very kind about making sure that like you know how the game works. Yeah, absolutely. And even playing like practice runs yep. so that you know yeah. what it's like and how it works. Yeah, I appreciate that about him. So like we were not in an unsafe position. Yeah. So there is, there is a lot of, uh, um, uh, there is a lot of like exception, like with our experience. Um, and I think there, there's a lot of, uh, 
for for me personally, I'm very grateful yep. that we have the experience we do. Right. Um, but even even with a super safe space, because we can we can most definitely think back to why is it that we feel that way? Mm-hmm. Like why is it that um, the that that is like. I don't know, not necessarily like tough to navigate, but it's just like frustrating Um, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there are these like small unspoken vibes and small like maybe not even like micro interactions where it's like the 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 group, the the dude group mob mentality like. Mm doesn't again like doesn't turn our friends into jerks but there's definitely this like gang up type of vibe that and i mean i think changes the experience for me even more than that it's the like um societal imprint on in my own brain that is i have to be good at this and immediately or i'm trash forever um oh sure like i can't let them see me fuck up at it like yeah. i have to be good off the bat because they're good so i need to be at their level or i'm stupid sure like i think there is like an uh there is not one uh moment that i can like pinpoint that's yeah. like that's why i have that because it's like a, it's an overarching like feeling right and i've heard so many specifically women talk about experiencing that I- ideology of Absolutely. just like if I'm not good uh, at first try, I'm not going to work with it. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm looking at it from our game night perspectives, I get an insane amount of anxiety mm-hmm. before those game nights because yeah. I know that's what's coming up. Yeah. And I like have like I remember I I I have had this experience enough times to be able to track that journey of like, okay, <laughs> so-and-so is hosting a game night. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's go. And then it's the night of, and I'm like, oh, fuck. No, please. We're going to play those goddamn games. <laughs> okay. Um, and like, like, you know, Sam always is like, you don't have to go. Like, if you don't, if that, if those games, like, you know, we're going to play those games, you don't have to go. It's like, yeah, that's not the point. I want to have fun and I want to be around friends. Right. And so I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. None of them care. None of them care. We all just want to have a good time. Like they are not watching my performance. Like it's like, it's okay. It's just a game. Like having to talk myself through that mentality. And I mean, I think it's true. Like, you know, Sam doesn't care if I'm bad at lying like nobody it's just a game who cares Mm -hmm. like nobody is being like yeah let's gang up on Katie tonight and make her feel real dumb yeah but in the in the same way I think maybe the thing to to work on or like the thing that I I'm trying to think about is uh is this idea of like attributing how good we are at whether it be a game night or D and D attributing like our intelligence or our worth to how well we can do the thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean that on like a very low level thing, uh, low level thing, uh, low level threat. Mm -hmm. How about that? Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I think it's a very like real thing. And I, I think, um, the overthinking can get you. And I think like if I could moral of the story to that whole bit Mm -hmm. is like, if, if there was a tip to take away from this conversation Mm -hmm. is like, if you are a male DM or a male player Mm -hmm. at, a table with females or even a female player at tables with other females. Uh, like, but just be mindful of the fact that like that is present. If you just because you feel confident doesn't mean everybody at your table feels confident. Yeah. And if you are a DM, I am assuming your goal is for everyone at your table to have a good time. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've heard a lot of DM conversations where it's just like talk to your players and mm-hmm. and make sure that like you know how they're feeling about this that or this or that and like if you're at a table you are a male or a female at a table with other females um like be aware of your fellow players yeah. and like have some um tact th- like forethought of just like okay you know, I know that combat can make Soren feel flustered. Yeah. So I'm going to just be mindful of that and like offer assistance when it's her turn. Yeah. Or, you know, just like like just being mindful of the other people mm-hmm. at your table. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that goes also for the male players as well. Of yeah. Just like, you know, I know so and so struggles with scenes. So that I'm going to make sure be, that could even be part of like your uh your session zero. Like, let's say you're starting like with a brand yeah. new group that could be like. Like there are a few of like a few survey questions, like each player like answers, which is like, what's your like favorite part and what's your least favorite or like, what are you most comfortable with and what are you least comfortable with? Um, And while you were talking about that, um, I I 100 percent agree. And I would like to add that um, while everyone who's playing the game is there to have fun, like we're definitely not saying like <laughs> anyone is responsible for someone else's like experience totally. at the table, yeah. unless you are blatantly being disrespectful and mean and hurtful to yeah. somebody, you are not responsible for how someone experiences the game at the table. Right. Um, but there's nothing wrong with just learning a little like emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and like social intelligence as mm-hmm. far as like reading the room and mm-hmm. reading the people that you're playing with. Cause I think right. a lot of the overthinking for myself, mm-hmm. um, is a lot of that social, emotional overthinking intelligence. And when some people are very focused on the game, like, I mean, I can misinterpret that sometimes, but it would, um, make a, a big difference. I think if, if some, some people, leaned into that a little bit yeah well and it like i mean to exemplify what you just said you know if you're if i notice you're feeling flustered at combat Mm -hmm. i can offer you know i can be like what do you what do you think you want to do and like help you figure out how to make that happen Mm -hmm. and then if like i'm not saying you've done this i'm just (laughs) painting an example yeah if like i offer that and you snap back at me. Mm-hmm. That's not like I, I am not responsible for your reaction. Yeah, you know, like that kind yes. of thing. Like I don't have yeah. to like 
control your experience from Mm -hmm. start to finish. But I can say, like, I can see she's flustered. I'm going to try to offer some assistance. Yeah. You know, like that kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. Um, And, like, similarly with, like, a role playing. Like, if you see somebody struggling with a scene, you can offer some, like, you know, probing questions. What do you think your character would think about this? Like, how do you think you'd react? Like, that kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. But my job isn't to make sure that, you know, that person. That that worked out well for them. Right, right. I think some of that can definitely get into into like metagaming and whatnot, but um, but even more so, I think that that goes hand in hand with some of some of the points that we that we hit frequently is uh just like be a be a good like table mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. I was just gonna pull up my search again, see oh. if there was anything else. One of the things that came to mind for me as we're talking, I mean, and I see this even in the like, uh, just discourse around things today, Um, like moral of the story almost every time is be a nice person. Mind your goddamn business when you need to mind your goddamn business. (laughs) And like. Do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, be kind to each other. Don't get in people's faces about things that aren't for you to get in their face about. And if you like playing a certain way, do that. As long as it's not, you know, detrimental or harmful to somebody else. Play the game you want to play. And, you know, if you're somebody who wants to personify a cupcake, baller. If you're somebody who wants to personify a huge badass lady, also baller. If you want to play as a dude, also baller. Like like the point, I think the beauty of the D&D space sphere Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that like there are so many options Mm -hmm. to be whoever you want to be. That's Mm -hmm. the that's the cool part. Um, So like labels, fuck them, you know. I, while you were saying that, I came across another tweet that's like, um, it's a little bit more on like the, I'd say like the positive side slash like uh, taking steps in the right direction mm-hmm. side of what mm-hmm. we're talking towards right now. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of read just these two tweets, but this person named Danny, um, their handle is Bitterthorn. Um, they are talking about safe and inclusionary spaces for gaming are important. Um, Before I found my Geek Girls Club, which I'm not familiar with what that is, but um, must be a self-explanatory. <laughs> I was the only woman in a D&D group of six other guys. I was spoken over, rule challenged, though none of them had ever played my class before. People even tried to tell me how to control my own character, and they were nice guys outside of D&D. Mm-hmm. So, playing with more women was different. Even though the party was bigger, 10 plus people, oh, and I didn't play as much, I found I grew in confidence as a player because I had freedom and safety. Also, this club is open to everyone, but it's a safe space. And if someone walks and if someone walks on in challenging that, you bet I will go mama bear on them for breaking that trust that's been built there. Yeah. So 
Variety is beautiful and we should have it is what she's saying at the end. But sometimes we need a space where we can flourish, take a rest and restore some spell slots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that made me think of the response Marisha got to Keyleth uh, during the actual stream of the Vox Machina campaign uh, for Critical Role. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hated on Marisha so hard every week for how she played with playing Keyleth um and I don't I wasn't I didn't watch it while it happened so I just have heard about it after the fact sure and I mean it had to do with the and okay I'm not gonna lie like there as I watched the Vox Machina campaign I have watched it beginning to end it is a lot of uh, content to consume yeah there were times that some of Keyleth's decisions made me angry sure and it's because the way she was being the the place that Keyleth was in at that time was like questioning herself yeah questioning her group Mm -hmm. questioning morality in general yep and like there was a part of me while I was watching um vex had like a similar reaction like the way Laura played vex of just like come on Keyleth like just cool it and mm-hmm. let's do the thing we're supposed to do mm-hmm. um but like having now watched her play Bo and Ladna and then also watching Keyleth in the animated series mm-hmm. it like cl- like it clicks more like I'm like oh, okay and also like having seen her full character arc yeah um like it clicks way more but she got a f- whole lot of hate was it on the internet? Was it just for like how she was mechanically playing Keyleth, or was it okay? Like you know, forgetting things or like not you know like not doing combat in you know an efficient See, way. See, and that that makes me think of the whole like I think I said it when we were first discussing like how to talk about this topic was uh, the like do you even play D and D like are you yeah, right, you're not right, right, a real right. gamer like right. that kind of idea and it's like dude especially i think about it in this way like critical role has another layer of like anxiety that can be added to the mix because you are being filmed mm-hmm. and you are live and mm-hmm. you are making real time like decisions mm-hmm. and like when you're not being filmed and you're like just in someone's basement, like that can already have its own like stress. But like, think about, I know when I'm in the moment, especially if I'm like in a show or in rehearsal or just playing like some silly little acting game with people, I'm trying to use that as like an example for a D and D game. Like I lose tons of details. They like, they fall out of my head and I can't recall them that freaking quickly so like what the fuck (laughs) i think i think um i don't know if that i if that was really the brunt of her criticism i think most of her criticism i could be wrong so please don't at me um but i think a good portion of her criticism came from the way she was choosing to role play keyleth she was very indecisive she was very like um not this isn't quite what i'm trying to say like holier than thou in the like she was trying to be the moral compass for the group a little Mm, bit mm -hmm. and there was just like some uh, like there were times when it felt a little insufferable like it was like a little like okay Keyleth we get it like you want to do the right thing but like once you see her whole character arc yeah it is like okay like she was trying to be the voice of the tempest and like that is a big 
role to have on your shoulders and she was very unsure of herself like yes that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but still regardless of whether you found her at the time insufferable the hate she got was not okay like you know the the idea of do you think if she had been like uh I don't know, like a, a male paladin, she would have gotten nearly as much shit. Right. Like I like I'm thinking about like um per, like Percy. Percy is very pedantic and <laughs> like uh, uh kind of holier than thou, like in that he's a royal person and like yeah, he's had a, that a whole noble. time of like being controlled by a vengeance demon and like right. shot people's hands off right. and stuff like that. Like Nobody got on him for that, <laughs> you know. Um, well, not really. Not to the same. You're allowed degree. to have a, a a badass male character who right. is, you know, super unruly right. and cool and right. hot and right. like rugged in right. a way. But like, you're not allowed to have. Sorry, this is a little bit of my like. <laughs> this is stupid. Um, you're not allowed to have like a sweet, soft character who actually possesses tons of like power um be unsure of themselves and make character choices that like reflect that correctly and mm-hmm. the fact that keyleth was also very like she was one of the younger characters in that party and like who around that emotional age like wouldn't make decisions like that right and i'm not saying that talson didn't get no yeah feedback absolutely. and stuff like that but the i do know that marisha got a way higher volume of feedback yeah. and more public and more nasty. Mm. Um, it was just like not cool. So like, I, I mean, that is one very global example yeah. of women at a table where Marisha was supported by her friends, but the people who were watching her, the trolls online who thought they knew better. Yeah. Um, you know, Jenny D has talked about the feedback she gets from people and sure. just like, like, it's just like being a woman in this space and being a public woman in this space, especially I know you're not, you're not allowed to be better. Right. This is Should, my like, thing. Shouldn't sign you up for getting blasted on the internet. Absolutely. Like that, that is the, I mean, if we get from like a more like a nucleus, our experience, you know, at yeah. our own tables to yeah. like more of a global uh, criticism of how women are t- t- like treated in the D and D space. Mm-hmm. It just like being a woman shouldn't sign you up for being destroyed on ridicule. Period. Um, you know, like it's yeah, yeah. While you were, oh, while you were talking about that, I had a thought of um, oh shoot, you were talking about um, Marisha getting like a huge. A huge, a, a large volume of mm-hmm. hate for the way she was playing Keyleth, and mm-hmm. then you were talking about Jenny D, and it made me think of um, a very like simple and uh, like young memory of this idea that like boys play certain games and girls play certain games, yeah. and which also links me to another memory of like the the stereotype and like the scenario I've like either heard about or seen a bunch is this idea that like if a girl's playing it must be because she's like dating someone in the group mm-hmm. um and then it's like a, oh your girlfriend's gonna join like okay right. like I I've had that experience but you know not with D&D with right. like 
a game night or with like like in high school it was like movie nights or like hangout nights or right. something whatever being but, like a gamer girl uh-huh and... it's this idea of like this is our thing yeah and you coming into this space actually kind of threatens us mm-hmm. at least that's what i get yeah, yeah, from yeah. from that experience um and no fair right it's like okay are you are you really so so insecure about your own like experience and knowledge of the game that you really need to just shit on the person who's like slightly weaker right right. like not okay because i've heard i've had i've seen that like experience across like online spaces and i've i've heard it from people and it just sucks. Like, nobody wants to walk into a group like that. No. I mean, no. yeah, it just shows your own colors more than anything else. Absolutely. Like, and, it, yeah, that that person who we just read their tweet, they were like, people literally tried to tell me how to run my own character. Mm-hmm. And they were very nice people outside of D&D. But there's, there's almost this, like, this is my thing and I know more about it than you do. Right. Uh, a little the, bit uh, of that. Um, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we... Our listen, our roses are thirsty, and it is high time that we water them. Uh, so it's hot outside; we don't want them to die, you know. It's so hot. It's real hot. Anyway, uh, let's uh, attend that friggin' garden. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was Here the we gate. Go. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so we're gonna, we like here at, here at Chromatic Roses, we like ending on upswings. Uh, we want you to walk away from our podcast feeling she good. She means is we like to punch up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we wanted to just like quickly chat about the like future of women in D&D mm-hmm. and, um, you know, where we hope to see it go where we have seen it go for ourselves um and just like why it's important that women continue to break into this hobby Mm -hmm. um and one of the things that i have i mean we've talked about this already but like the ability to try on new traits Mm -hmm. as whatever person you want to be or are being in your game you know if you wanted to be hard big hit em lady who is you know maybe almost emotionally withdrawn or something like that and then like adding in a drop of um whatever that softness would look like for that character. <laughs> has a soft spot for fuzzy little creatures <laughs> right like i think of yasha in campaign oh, yeah. two of like she's this big hit em lady mm-hmm. who could f you up in a millisecond Mm -hmm. but she likes collecting flowers yeah and like the like how that creates this like well-rounded character that's interesting yeah or um you know like a soft character who knows how to hold their own and stand up for themselves Mm -hmm. and you know maybe yeah a soft character who's like super skilled with like a pole arm or like super skilled with a sword and like could literally decapitate everyone but is like uh-huh. like super sweet <laughs> that gives me anime vibes <laughs> yeah yeah so i think like that this game in ways that perhaps we had not seen previously in our society gives women a chance to 
try on different societal norms, you know, or break societal norms in ways that they had not been able to previously. Like I'm thinking um, women in the 50s who were housewives and were supposed to be, you know, Mm -hmm. prim and proper and well-dressed and all of this kind of stuff and giving them the opportunity to feel what it's like to be powerful and Mm -hmm. like that kind of uh idea so like i like the idea of the uh, the future of women in D &D and being able to try on these different place uh traits in safe places where they can see what it's like and be like oh i don't like the way that one feels i want to try this one Mm -hmm. you know like that kind Mm -hmm. of a thing which like in a way and, and maybe maybe this is uh Maybe this is like another another topic that we could talk about someday. But like, um, I guess we we could. How do I say this in a sentence? We could talk about how do do women and men and even like non-binary friends do they all like not everyone utilizes or looks at or approaches D and D the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, And do we approach it the way we do because we're women or because Mm -hmm. we're conditioned to feel a certain way Mm -hmm. or like, because society expects us to, you know, yada, yada, just like it'd be really fun maybe later to like invite on like um, maybe like a non-binary friend and like um, someone who identifies as uh, male and like ask them like how do you approach D&D what about it like do you use it for these kinds of things because that's how like we like to utilize it mm-hmm. and maybe even like another woman who's like not us right, right. you know what I mean yeah. um, but Those I think you're absolutely exist. right is that we should be able to feel safe enough that we can Uh, try some of those things and break gender norms or fit into them just for funsies like Mm -hmm. whichever way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we feel there was another point that you were talking about earlier uh the other one that i thought about talking about was just like um i think not all women fit under this but like i think there is a certain level of social awareness that women bring to D&D games. Yeah. Um and I like think of like female leaders and stuff like that that like uh just like it brings a different flavor. Like they're mm-hmm. like if if all tables were all men, you boring gag me. Like <laughs> it <laughs> it it gives a different perspective Mm -hmm. and i think it's a valuable perspective that more tables need like one of the things i like i'm getting on a tangent one of the things (laughs) that i like here i go uh here i am on it here she is um i like musical theater slash theater in general and D D similarly because it provides a certain level of like stepping into another person's shoes and seeing the world from a different perspective a Mm -hmm. certain amount of empathy is required to play it in a way that is beneficial and good. believable. Right. And so, like, I like the... I I hope that the future of women in D&D is adding more of that perspective to more tables. Yeah. And to more, you know, if it's actual play, to more ears who are listening to it. You know, mm-hmm. like, that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
the perspective, the maternal perspective that I gave Prim could not have come, I don't think, as well from a man. Yeah. Like, I think that and then I I think that our party was better for it. Like, I think that Prim served a very specific purpose Mm -hmm. and that kind of purpose, had that been lacking from our party, our party would have looked very different. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the future that I am hopeful for and look towards as, like, exciting is the idea that we can continue to bring in those, like, uniquely feminine perspectives that are there they they need to be there they should be there yeah variety is important and like um the the thing that that came top of mind as soon as you said like they need to be there Mm -hmm. is even we we need we need the variety Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that like we don't need like female only tables because i think i think there is a good um i if you have enough if you have enough players i think that there is a good space for women only tables men only tables combined tables Mm -hmm. i think all of those types of tables are valid um but there yeah there's just a, a lovely a lovely variety of thoughts, opinions, ideas, and like problem solving tactics when you, yep. the, the more you increase variety in your party. Yep. So I think that that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think the future of women at the DND table is bright. So freaking bright. Uh, but I, and I'm glad I've seen more and more like female creators like yeah. interact with us on uh instagram yeah. and um please bother us yeah. please talk to us yeah. we want uh, friends well, i <laughs> found just while we were sitting here uh, an account called women of ttrpgs and like i <laughs> she insta followed i literally every, was like done don't have to ding, say ding, another ding, word ding. um <laughs> so like i just uh, ass women need to stick together <laughs> and i think that there is like i i am curious if other women think the same have you know different ideas of or what the future they, looks like yeah for, if they completely disagree with mm-hmm. us or like what what your other thoughts are if you are at a table that don't have that does not have that women, don't have that women. don't have women <laughs> you better find yourself a woman right here quick uh, here i am <laughs> uh, i just like encourage you to broaden your horizons you know uh and if you are at a table with women like count your lucky goddamn stars because uh, <laughs> we're cool as hell we're gonna we're gonna build a character off of that voice right. young lady um don't tempt me uh <laughs> yeah so that just keep on keeping on women of D D. yeah and make sure if you're not a woman of D D that you are welcoming to the women of D yeah. and supportive of the women of D D. yeah um i one of my favorite like feminine um i don't know what this is called uh, like points is like feminist culture can't just be done by women like yeah if you are a man at a table with women it is your job to advocate just as hard as it is for them to like speak up for themselves yeah so like make sure that you're being supportive to everybody yeah it's and yeah to that end like it's not it's not a uh hmm, a female exclusive problem right right, right. or like experience like it's 
just be nice if, if, if you're being yeah yeah be nice and like <laughs> or else advocate for each other right mm-hmm. yeah yes 100 percent. let's close this bitch out <laughs> okay well that there is it for us this week i'm gonna use this voice until we're done with this episode all righty thanks for spending time with us today <laughs> thanks to noah tremble for the use of our theme song there is a link to his instagram in the episode description be sure to give him a follow and stay up on his band and music you hear I've decided to use a different voice. So if you are enjoying the show, there are a few things we'd love if you to do first. Leave us a review because reviews help other listeners find us. Second, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and you can get uh, to our new episodes quicker, easier, more fastly. Um, lastly, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those platforms to see what we are up to and to be the first to know when an episode drops. We also want to hear from you. (laughs) Did something come up in today's conversation that made you think? I bet there was. We talked about some deep stuff today. So make sure you go back and listen again in case you missed something. Uh, Do you have a topic you want to hear from us next? You got a deep dive that you want us to go on? Make sure you drop us an email at chromaroses at gmail.com. That is C. H-R-O-M-A-R-O-S-E-S at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we'll respond right here quick. Just like a quick slap of uh, horses ass. <laughs> were you trying to say two shakes of a lamb's tail? I but You were trying to incorporate trying a horse instead. Okay, well... Um, this has been Chromatic Roses. I'm Soren. And I'm Katie, and rightfully so on an episode about women. Mommy those hobbies, baby. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.